1: And this is Saba Hassan. I um, am curious to know, because this is the first time that we've kind of been recording like back to back, and I'm so excited about that. Uh, What happened with your school situation with your boy last week? I have been waiting pins and needles Uh about his first full week of school. I know you guys are off today, but what has happened? And give me the update on that.
0: Yeah, so you know he's been waking up normally, going to bed normally. He is there like like zero complaints about going to school. However, at pickup time, um, because get this, we have such a shortage of bus drivers that our buses are canceled. Multiple bus routes are canceled, so we have to pick them up and drop them off. And you know how much I love the drive line. Mm-hmm. I even made a reel about it. So it's there. Um, in any case during the pickup time is when he's like, Oh, my gosh, all they do is scream. And they make like sex noises out loud in class. And the teachers don't do anything about it. And like, blah, blah, blah. And like, complain, complain, complain. (laughs) And I just want to quit. And I want to come back home. And I'm like, Oh, no, sir.
2: Oh, no, sir. That's not
0: happening. never, (laughs) Not after all of that mental and emotional, like pathos that I was experiencing. And I didn't say because of you, but really because of him because I yeah. love him and I'm worried about him all the time. I was like, "No, sir. You are doing really well, and I have spies in the classroom." So, so you're kids like, were telling my mom friends. Going on. He is having a grand old time hanging out with his friends. I see him laughing every day in the lunchroom. The boy is like, "I only have to tell him to load the dishwasher Zeba one time." One First time. time. Okay. One time, and it's done. And like he's just a normal kid like he's not it's not painful to be around him alhamdulillah like it's made such a difference and i'm like thank god this was it (laughs) not medication and not you know putting him in a in an inpatient you know i'm so 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 thankful to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that like this was this was the route and this was our trial and it ended up being easier than we thought so alhamdulillah
1: well, aren't you glad that you were able to be, instead of being a reactive parent, you were be able to be like a proactive parent, took some time to, to be thoughtful about what you should or shouldn't be doing because it ended up being the better choice for your entire family. Yeah. So I am super yeah. proud of you for doing that. Thank you that. so
0: much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I know, I know you've you been beating, I was totally worried. I know you've been like crazy busy disinfecting and testing and doing all of that stuff. So tell us about the situation at home and what you've been doing to mitigate.
1: So we unfortunately, even despite the fact that we are vaccinated, my number two ended up getting um, the Omicron variant. Um, And despite what a lot of people have been saying, it actually knocked her knocked her out pretty badly so we are at at the three-week recovery period and have to say she's doing so much better Um, asked to work out this morning if you were listening to our fireside (laughs) our fireside violence this morning she was very much excited about you know working out and moving a little bit though she did say Mm -hmm. it was um, a little bit more difficult than normal but I definitely feel um, glad that she's on the mend but for these people that are like oh it's a light a virus it said this you just really don't know how it's going to be impacting your family and for us despite the fact that we've been vaccinated three out of six of us are boosted and by the way have already had covid twice before literally <laughs> oh um had it again and i guess that's the nature of like um, before we started recording, we were talking about introverts and extroverts. You know, my kids are pretty extroverted and involved in a lot of activities, and that's kind of an, uh, a byproduct, unfortunately, of what's gonna end up happening for it. But, Alhamdulillah, mm-hmm. we're on the mend. Um, I'm telling everybody to make sure we're back to, you know, double masking. We're back to, you know, not that we stopped washing our hands, but you know we didn't count to 20 or things like that now we're like guys you have to count to 20 and really scrub your hands um Mm -hmm. but humble we're fine but i know that we have a very uh hot topic today and i'm really interested to see what you are gonna bring up and let us know about yeah um so our soapbox for today you know it's like did i say hot box I don't even know what I oh, said. Oh, yeah, you did. But no, that's soap okay. soapbox, sorry. I
0: actually like hotbox better than soapbox. Although, hotbox. isn't the hotbox where we put on the sidewalk to see if we can, like, make pizza outside?
1: You know, I've that foil oven of that, that we make? Maybe that's an uh, Arizona thing. But here <laughs> no. in Virginia, we don't no. put things out We did it on in science sidewalk. in school, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've <was laughs> never heard of this before in my life. I will have to look it up soapbox. and post it somewhere. Soapbox. Yeah.
0: The soapbox for today. So it's kind of sad, but I think that there's a silver lining in it and it is happy, so I don't want you to get upset with me for the soapbox, okay. Ava. But um, as we know, during the break, or shortly before we left for winter break, huge scandal with um, CARE, Consul on American-Islamic mm-hmm. Relations. As we know, the uh, well, I shouldn't laugh. Why am I laughing? This is horrible. Was, but don't laugh. Um, so the Romanic ball... Uh, the director basically turned out was found out to be um, not only employed by CARE but also an informant um, a spy basically who was um, sharing everything that was being discussed at CARE with um, people that we didn't want him to share it with not that CARE does anything but as you know CARE is on a uh, a fabricated watch list as a terror organization when all they do is actually uh, protect the legal and civil rights of Muslim Americans. So, care obviously <laughs> dismissed him, and there's like a huge smear campaign. And I don't know where the guy lives, but I hope he has good security because you know I would be throwing eggs at his house for sure um, and blaming it on the 14 year olds in the neighborhood. But in any case. CARE obviously launched an investigation to figure out, hey, how did this happen? And how did somebody like this, who's Muslim and one of ours, turn against us like this? And what they found out is that he was employed by the Investigative Project on Terrorism, or IPT. I've never heard of this, okay? So it's a hate group founded by far-right extremist Stephen, with a V, Emerson, and And he used multiple moles like Roman to spy on uh, Muslim groups, not just care. So it was multiple. So what they have found out Um, And we will share um, CARES press conference that has more details of this in our show notes so you can watch the whole thing. But basically what they found in investigating IPT is that there were other collaborators serving as moles. One is remaining anonymous. And his quote is, I came to realize that IPT's main concern was not protecting our nation from legitimate threats, but protecting a foreign government, Israel. This is... This is transcripted, guys, from legitimate criticism. We were essentially being used as an Israeli lobbying organization, demonizing people who simply have opinions we may not agree with has become sport. Yet I was doing it as a part of my job. Um, Mm. His full statement is also available on care. And I mean, I just want I forgot to start with IPT, you know, the investigative project on terrorism is only investigating the muslim community and not like we talked about on bylines this morning the proud boys or that other group whatever their name was do you remember what their name was now i don't even know um, the the militia You're groups it's
1: stressing me out it's it's all of the the militia groups that are yeah. you know just under the surface, but quite frankly, are terrorizing us and should be labeled as terrorists as
0: well. They're not terror groups, but the Muslim community groups are. Another person who came forward is Tariq Nelson. And basically, he's been an IPT collaborator for years. But after this whistle was uh, blown on Roman uh, Iqbal, he came forward voluntarily and said, yeah, I've been doing the same thing. And this is why I did it also a very compelling story so figure out why he's confessed he's apologized um basic I think it was like something uh upwards of 26 billion dollars invested by five or more more than five but like five major anti-islamic groups uh islamophobic groups and what uh dark nelson has said is that he's been on the payroll for three thousand dollars a month unbelievable Hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you have, like, another job on the side, that's, like, not bad. And there's tax forms That's a good chunk of change. It's a good chunk of change. I think it's a nice side gig. So if you want to make money in America, go after Muslims. That's a great way to do it. So um, there's even documentation from Emerson himself, the founder of uh, uh, IPT. This will give you chills, guys. Um, Telling his moles that we have a directive from Netanyahu himself. Remember who Netanyahu is, by the way? Yeah. That we need information on not just Muslim community groups, but student organizations. Um, I think it's Students for Justice in Palestine, which we know is not a primarily Muslim student organization, but wanting urgent research. Uh, about what these student activist groups are doing. Because basically we know how robust the Israeli lobbying campaign and media marketing PR campaign is. And so anybody saying anything against, I mean, they're losing the BDS campaign, right? Um, On uh, saying, making Americans say that it's illegal for Americans to say something against Israel. So targeting our freedom of speech is obviously not going to work because how are you, you know, imposing your... Desire to curb out curtail our Bill of Rights. I don't know. They've been doing it, but now they're go- they're going a step ahead, and this is really important. They've been surveilling Muslim organizations like board meetings and such, spying on them, recording them. They did this way back when, when um, Representative uh, Ellison, when Keith Ellison was running for Congress, and then remember he was uh, in the running for Democratic National Convention chair, which would have been really important couple of election cycles ago, and they did this whole smear campaign looking for anything that he said anti-Israel. And so as a result, he lost that chair position and, you know, potential leverage in uh, a couple of elections that turned out to be, you know, really, really important. So it just goes to show how deep seated this is. And we're not conspiracy theorizing. This is legitimate. The investigation is ongoing because CARE is now finding out that IPT was known about and possibly encouraged by lawmakers in our Congress of Guess Which Party. I'm going to leave that open for you. Um, and we are going to be following the development of their investigation to find out what those names are. Because remember, we got some elections coming up affecting Congress. So we want to make sure that we cast our votes the right way, especially those of us who are on the fence. We hope that you will take this into consideration. And I think that that's a significant silver lining that yes, it's sad that we got sold out by our own blood brother. But in the end, all of this new information is coming up that I think was vitally important for us to have. So that's our soapbox for today.
1: Well, that that was always as always a very informative soapbox, hotbox, hotbox we're going to have that in our, um, in our notes. Um, and Ozma also promised to give us a link on what the heck a hot box is, because I don't know about you guys. I'm very much curious. As it's well. so fun but to make. Yeah. It, they're fun to make and maybe for us homeschoolers, unschoolers, all of that, we can kind of do that. Um, or an enrichment project, and we're going to post it on Mommy Well Muslim. You've heard it here first, but you know, <laughs> we hope that you are in, in, really enjoying learning as much as we all are this month as with our moms of adult Muslim kids series. Um, A lot of people have been texting us and telling us how they're in tears just thinking about it. Granted, they're probably moms of littles like thinking like one day you blink and then they get bigger. Yes, they do. Um, You know, I've officially decided as I've always have, like, I don't want to freak out about these things. Because guess what, anything we do as moms can totally empower us. And we have another empowering mom with us today and I had the pleasure of just chit-chatting with her and getting to know her on a, on a more intimate um, level. Last week, Christian Jawad joins us today, um, and ha- she has a master's in education. Um, she has raised her kids, I, I think she full homeschool she found time to doula teach conscious parenting earn her LMNT to provide massage therapy she does um, spiritual coaching for her clients we're going to go ahead and share her um, share her bio as well uh, she is uh, holds a master's degree in curriculum and instruction and has advanced training in compassionate communication. Okay, let's just keep going on because she is amazing. Restorative justice, evocative coaching and life coaching. She recognizes the value of emotional emotional fluency and conscious choice to create life of purpose. Like she speaks my love language, which I just adore. As a body-mind educator, she believes in the value of understanding how you think feel and learn she brings these perspectives to the folks she works with and as a parent of two emerging adults she has witnessed the magic that occurs when a person dreams big believes in themselves and takes action and honestly i was yelling last night at basketball going to be yelling again today and before i lose my voice just singing her praises in awe and welcome kristen welcome to momming wall muslim
2: asalaam alaikum thank you so much I guess you you know by now who the homeschooler is. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> I love it.
0: Yeah. And in some capacity, I think we've all had to do it in the past couple of years, especially, right? So I think like all moms are homeschoolers in America right now. Um, so Kristen, thanks for joining us. We like to kick it off by asking people about their momming story, whatever they're comfortable sharing about their kids, and um, share a little bit about your momming philosophy, like your mantras for mommyhood.
2: Yeah, how much time do we have? I know, exactly, I know. right? The Girl. whole podcast could be this
0: question, but we're like, you know, let's try to sum it up in maybe um,
2: two minutes. Okay. So <clears throat> I have to say that I was really blessed before I even had children. I was a nanny for a family that practiced gentle parenting. That had a profound impact on me Um and I started helping Muslim families homeschool their children before I even had children. So I got to practice on those kids, and now they're thriving Lucky. adults. Um, I would say that the Jean Liedloff Continuum concept book had also a big impact on me. And then uh, when my my oldest son was probably about two years old, and I went to this parenting workshop because I thought I was going to learn how to speak kind and gently and get cooperation. And my mind was blown at that event, and I realized this: there's a whole lot of inner work that happens with parenting. Mm-hmm. And so I realized I didn't know um, how I was going to navigate this without community, and so I started to form community and to seek out not just Muslim families, but, you know, any families really that had a resonant um, a parenting approach. So, yeah, um, and I my kids are now 22 and 19, and we've had a long journey. And I will say that, you know, one of the blessings and gifts of choosing to homeschool um, or to approach self-directed learning has been the relationship, really. Like, I wasn't joking. I've learned so much witnessing them and learning along the way. So, um, yeah, and they still live at home.
1: Because <laughs> they don't want to leave. That's what I'm noticing. Like, when you make it so good, they don't want – these these people don't want to leave the house. And then they start asking you for gap years, and you start getting nervous that that, that they might actually – you know, want to do it. No, I, I, I'm joking about that, you know, and that's maybe something that I, I do want to ask you because I'm kind of on that um, precipice of, 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 of ha- an adult emerging, um, you know, and I, I'm wondering very specifically um, how. How we as a parent, as somebody, I I also consider myself a mindful parent, which is something you and I have chatted about at length. How, How do you, in being supportive of your children in a very mindful, conscientious way, encourage them to spread their wings to the extent that Okay, I'm just going to be blunt. I kind of want him out of the house by this time next year. So what kinds of things can we do as a parent to kind of help transition or create a a safe transitional space for them to kind of feel comfortable
2: and safe on their own? That's such a great question. And um, in my moments of freak out, I kid you not, um, I mean, I do have a poem that I look to to ground myself. And um, I hope in the show notes we can share this book title. It's called Everyday Blessings, The Inner Work of Mindful Parenting. Yeah. So this is a very short um, quote from Rainier um, Maria Rilke. And it's, once the realization is accepted that even between the closest human beings, infinite distance continues to exist. A wonderful living side by side can grow up if they succeed in loving the distance between them, which makes it possible for each to see the other hole against the sky. Hmm. So basically, like, w- every parent wants their child to leave the nest hole, right? Yeah. And, and to, with the wings to fly. And, um, you know, I think fear is what, for some parents, they hold on and they pull back and they, you know, put the brakes on. When they see their child making decisions that they wouldn't themselves – Um, and for practicality, I mean, I think it's in those moments of fear of recognizing what do I value and how can we bridge the gap communication wise, right. And emotional regulation wise as a parent. So it's, I think it's, there's some cycles that happen, which are two steps forward and then like conversation. And then there may be a step back. And like you said, a lot of a lot of young adults are not leaving the home. Yeah. I think the decision-making, most of us haven't learned how to balance, like recognizing, first of all, what our strengths and skills are, Mm -hmm. and then what, um, you know, what our values are. And I think this is kind of a new way of parenting um, very specifically because there's so many choices. There's so many options. And it may be that, you know, previous generations people didn't really leave the same town. Like, they, right, they yeah. lived close. And now our our young people can move across the world. So, <clears throat> yeah, I, it's really tricky being grounded in the fact that we can trust to Wuckle, that our kids, we have done, you know, the work. Mm-hmm. And even if we didn't practice mindful parenting from the beginning, this idea that it's never too late to start having these kind of, like, relationships – it's a fascinating to me that youth, that if you think about it, I mean, the, the brain doesn't fully develop until we're like 24, but our relationship with our parent lasts our whole life. So, yes. you know, even as a 45-year-old, we still have a parent. We still have relationship with our parents. So it's, it's a long road. Yeah. It's a long
1: drawn out world, let me tell you. But, you know, I, I joke a little bit. I was like, this kid is so huge and he, he's having a hard time leaving the nest. And maybe I didn't do that horrible of a job that they, they still feel safe. Because I don't know about him. When I was his age, I was like looking. For whatever oh, yeah. way shape or to get out as fast as possible so the fact that we've created an environment where they still feel and you know and I and I thought it was so funny we were having this conversation and he was just like if I say something I don't want you to get mad and he kind of just threw it out there about like possible having a gap year and maybe taking some time and doing all these things and I think he was very worried about how we were gonna respond and we were kind of like you know what there's nine months between now and then, you know, we can talk about it, we can give you the tools to get you to where you need to be. But if ultimately, you feel like you don't want to do it, we will be there to support you as well. Because that that is definitely something a little bit different um, than how we were parented. So I love that.
0: Yeah. So Kristen, just, um, you know, you mentioned that your your older kids were living with you. And both of you have talked about like how You know, for multiple reasons, adult kids may be with us in the house. So as a spiritual coach, you know, now you have these adults at home, but you still happen to be their mother who has told them for so long or directed them for so long on, you know, these are the pieces of advice that I have and how um, you should be conducting your life. But, you know, now that they're with us and technically they're independent decision makers... (laughs) how do you manage the spiritual practices and development of your adult child in your house now like do you feel comfortable should you feel comfortable saying well you know we, we always prayed as a family when you were a child like now you don't want to um I mean what do you do like I'm at a loss you know, I'm at a loss now when my kids are like no I've decided I'm going to wait on my prayer I'm going to do it later it's like no no I don't, I don't understand. So it's like, it's that balance of trying to foster and develop the autonomy, but also make sure that the relationship with Elizabeth Parathala doesn't go neglected. So if you could shed light on that.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that one of the best things you can do as a parent is to reflect on your own spiritual timeline. Mm -hmm. So it really brings you into compassion when you recognize as a child, was that my top priority? Mm Um. And it's hard because we get these messages that it's our responsibility to be the role model and to guide, to have the guide rails, right? Mm. And then there's also this flexibility of recognizing they have their own will. They have their yes. own choice. They, um, And no one likes to be forced to do anything. So gentle nudges, gentle reminders. But you know, at the end of the day, it's like trusting that if the, something is missed, they'll come back to it. Like, I mean, yes. I wasn't raised Muslim. My family wasn't Muslim and I found my way to Islam. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes when there's crisis in life, people go back to their roots or they go seeking. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so honestly, coercion is, is something that they haven't, I would like to say they haven't experienced much of it. We could have to get their opinion, but. Whether it's brushing your teeth or doing your prayers or taking care of any responsibilities, there are things that are between them and God, and then there are things that we have agreement about. And so our human relationship, although I want to be encouraging and involved, I think is separate, and they have to work it out within themselves.
1: Yeah, that is an amazing answer, because I do agree with you. Like, well, one, the, the premise of Islam in general is there's no compulsion in religion, there's right? No and compulsion. that does, tra- that really trans uh, translates to children as well. And I do believe, mm-hmm. like, I've had a couple of people and a couple, you know, and I, I, I will just share this a couple of clients myself, that were Muslim, who, by the way, they drink and this and this and this, and they'll be mm-hmm. like, yeah, but I don't want my kids to do that. And I was just mm-hmm. like, Again, and coming from a very non-judgmental place, I'm like, okay, so who is their first um, model, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you model this behavior. and you know I am one of those, and you can tell me I'm wrong, but I never force my kids to pray. I send them a reminder. I, 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 I pray in a visible spot so that they can kind of like feel it and, and I explain to them why I'm praying. I mm-hmm. need it to get emotionally, it's a physically grounding, spiritual thing for me. And you're right, Kristen, when you're 18 or 15 or 16, you're just trying to like do your homework, stay up and late for the test. It's very hard to just add one more thing for them to do. But when there are times and crises where they're like, I'm feeling lost, I know that they go back there. So Mm -hmm. I feel like if you set the foundation ahead of time and allow them the space to explore, I know this is not a popular thing because people Mm -hmm. get freaked out. Oh, yeah. Encourage them to read. Encourage them to explore. And you'll be surprised by how... Much they get back into the fold of Islam or some religion or whatever the case may be that will help guide them because ultimately that's where you want you want their connection to be to God Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala so allowing them that opportunity to do that I think is also very helpful and saying you go explore read these books <laughs> come back to me let's have an adult conversation which you know which kind of leads me to my next question for you Kristen like what does your role look like now? Are you their friend? Are you still like their mom, like this kind of authoritative figure? Or are you slowly kind of moving um, back to be more in the background? How do you feel as they get older, considering they are still living with you, which is an amazing thing? How do you feel your role in their lives are playing out?
2: So the answer to the question is, yes, I'm all of those. I'm, all of I'm the still above. their mom. I would love to be considered a friend, um, someone that they can confide in intimately and to get the support that they need. And I think that's where the coaching, you know, um, helps. and the spiritual care comes in about the non-judgment and the mm-hmm. listening um, with compassion. And then also Gentle encouragement or carefrontations, not confrontations, mm-hmm. but carefrontations. I love, I, you need to trademark that girl because I know, please I love patent it.
1: that word.
2: Because we, sometimes it we need interventions, right? Like the c- people yeah. that we love, we're not going to stay on mute. If you see someone, you know, on a track of um, danger and they're going to crash we have a responsibility as a friend, a parent, um, a partner, whoever is in our life to do an intervention and to make it not about guilt and shame, but about, I yes. care for you. And it's painful yes. for me to watch this. How can exactly. I support you? I love this
1: word. so, so much. Pretends. Yeah. And I hope I'm you like, wrote that down. I mean, it's going, it in in it's going like, in the show notes for shizzle. If you don't patent
0: it, we're stealing it. It's a Christianism. <laughs> Um, Christianism,
1: I love those. It's a Christianism.
0: So, Kristen, you talked about how you're like this unique bird who had like pre-child, pre-children, you already had like these revelatory experiences um, and and education without even asking for it, which is beautiful in parenting. So share with us and for our audience members who are wanting to know with adult kids, with small kids, what's the best advice a mom of adults gave you, either pre-children or when your kids were little?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really, really good point. Um, I've always chosen to surround myself with friends that had at least 10 years, you know. Um, I love that.
0: Experience. <laughs> experience,
2: exactly. Because yeah. it's really scary um, to kind of feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And you need support yourself. So number one, 100%. parents need support. Yeah. Two. Yes. Practice witnessing your child, just observing without making judgments, but witnessing what's happening on a daily basis. Keep a notebook um, of observations because it's reassuring to go back when you see your child on a daily basis. It's easy to say they're not improving. I don't see any growth. Like they're stagnant. What's going on? Especially when they get older And, um, you can't see physical growth, right? Like they don't have that growth that's happening. That's easy to witness on a daily basis, but this idea that they are changing and growing and to be willing to take imperfect action. So every one of us is going to lose our temper to say things that we need to come back and have a do over. Um, but to, to really be clear about who you are as a parent. God chose you to be someone in their life and to yes. not be afraid to screw up because part of the healing of a relationship is to actually practice saying, I'm sorry and or yes. that didn't go the way I hoped it would. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about this again? Mm-hmm. That's where safety's built. So I, feel I love like that's that. Such and
0: good and, advice.
2: Yeah, I, I, I
1: didn't mean to cut you off, Osma, but like having self-compassion for us as mothers, that is what my takeaway from what you just said is because we beat ourselves up. I don't know about you guys, but like you would go in, there's like a conversation constantly in your head, right? When you finish the day, you're like, could I have done this? Could I have done this? What should I have done? I should have said this differently. And really at the end of the day, having that self-compassion to be like, okay, I am very human. And if God gives me another opportunity, I'm going to try to be mindful and do it a different way the next day.
0: Yeah. I love that. Pray for a different, another chance. Yeah. That, that book that I'm reading, Fault Lines, is like, you know, yeah, mm. if you make a mistake, apologize immediately. And
2: Absolutely. like for an adult
0: child, I think it's even more important to, I mean, I'm, I already feel like I look at my kids, like I treat them at peer level sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I'm like, well, I just expect this of you because I would expect it of my friend. And somebody taught me a long time ago, if you wouldn't say it this way to your friend, why do you think it's okay to say it to your yes. kids this way? And so exactly. speaking to them respectfully, except when I go nuclear, is is fine. And I did. I had like a major slip up this week um, as 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 well as this week was going. It happens. But then turning around and just saying, okay, I'm sorry, I lost my temper. Um And I think that that's going to be something that we need to exercise if we didn't do it while the kids were little, especially if they're still around us 24 seven or, you know, as adults in our in our still under our roof, I think it's going to be really, really important to do that. But what I'm worried about is like maybe the division of labor in the house. Is that something I should look forward to? Or should I fear with adult kids in the house?
2: (laughs) Well, I learned pretty quickly when I tried to delegate on um, um, that the dishwasher being unloaded was not something that I should give away. There are other yes. chores because I have. When I wake up, I mean, I want the dishwasher ready to receive dirty dishes. <laughs> so it's like yes. I can't delegate that to someone and be patient and practice patience and yes. like no, there are other things that can um, be on their chore list and. Again, it's like now we're having the conversation of, hey, you're my kid, do what I say. That, that's never been my approach, we're but I am. Hey, you're my roommate. Yeah. And when I live with roommates, I, I like I to have to do certain space. things. Exactly. Right.
1: Right. No, I, I love that my kids about- will
0: turn around and be like, but you don't make Abu do that. He's your roommate. Well,
1: that's <laughs> part of the problem. You should be making Abu do that. Model the behavior, I know. <laughs> make Abu do that. My husband it's it took me a long way speaking of dishes he does load the dishes every day good job he loads it horribly if he's listening poorly i'm sorry honey no like beyond poorly like it's like bowls like right side up not where the oh my god like i i hate that it drives me Mm -hmm. nuts a lot of the times i have to rerun it i'm not lying but i'm gonna make sure he does those dishes and every, because I feel like they need to see that they need to be modeled. I have three boys. I don't, your wife is not going to like, we have to do equal things. Like, you know, and it doesn't, like you said, Kristen have to be, oh, you're going to do this. Like my husband, for some reason is obsessed with doing the dishes. So I'm like, you want to do them, do it have fun. Even if I have to redo myself and why not do that? And I just taught my Z three how to fold laundry. He's 11. <gasps> That's huge. And I, and he, but not because I'm like, do, do you want to do this? He said, I want to do the laundry. And I said, okay. And I, lo- I love that you said that Kristen, it was something where I could be patient and explain to him how to do it. And we were not in a rushed time. And I had to refold a couple of things, but they're starting the process. So I love that um, you're, you're telling your kids to do that because we all are parts of the household and we all yeah. have to contribute on some way.
0: And I feel like even as moms of littles, like we try to do that, you know, at some point, just give the kids a chore. I think early on, like my kids have always had something that they were responsible for doing. And I just found that, You know, it brought some routine to them, too, which is comfortable, uh, which is comforting to smaller children. And it, you know, gives me some peace of mind as well and some time to myself. But, you know, uh, we asked this last week as well, and I think it's a really helpful question to see what your perspective is on this, too. But, you know, what ground rules would you suggest to um, parents who have um, adult kids living with them, living near them? Like, what would be some easy, I don't know, like, let's say five things? that are non negotiables, like as a family unit, we're going to conduct now that you're older, it's not going to be something little like clean up time, your toys, it's going to be something more significant, what would be some ground rules you suggest?
2: That's a really interesting question. Um, We've never really explicitly written like a list Mm -hmm. of rules. And I mean, I think that probably goes to this idea that I don't I don't even know how to anticipate everything that's going to come up. Sure. But some foundational values, I think that we're all in agreement of tell the truth. um, Even if it's not something that the other person wants to hear. I like it. (laughs) Um, But hiding things, you know, just leads to more pain um, and uh, misunderstandings um, and anxiety. So telling the truth, even when it's hard, um, let's see humor having a sense of humor can really help when you're in a sticky situation it softens the heart Mm -hmm. um let's see attention attentiveness be generous with your attention um i think in the digital age most of us spend a lot of time in front of the screen and we're trying to do multiple things at the same time um and giving that attention is really important Mm -hmm. touch. I get the best hugs from my kids and it brings Mm -hmm. me back to like moments of when like I was still pregnant with them. There's this Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. interesting connection that mothers have. Mm -hmm. And you know what I'm talking about? Like when you can feel the baby in the womb and then you're like, Oh my God, you're a man. Like you're huge. Isn't
1: that so fun? I'd love that. (sighs) And I love it.
2: Um, listening, really. Yeah. Like, not assuming that you know what's going on, um, per- like, be willing to be surprised. Listening, I love that..: Ah. Yeah. Oh.
1: I'm
0: getting so many quotes out of this episode, crazy. Yeah,
2: I was going to say, make sure we're writing all
1: of this down um, <laughs> because she's that. like a wor- a wealth of wisdom. And and, the, and like one of the questions I always have, and and this is something that I feel like would really resonate with a lot of people. Um, now that you are in this position, what is something that you would tell your younger version, your of of as a mom? You know, when you're in the thick of it and you're sleep deprived and your boobs are achy and you're all of that, like, what is something that you would tell her to give her hope for the
2: future? First of all, give yourself permission to receive. Mm. I think moms spend most of their days, most of their years doing and giving to other people, right? Doing for and giving and serving their families. So make sure that you're receiving, number one, (laughs)
1: because I
2: I didn't have someone to to tell me that. Um, And I think the other thing is having someone, like I said, that's a little further down the track to say, Mm -hmm. this too shall pass. You're going to get through it with prayer, with hope and trust. Um, And certainly to learn about the psychosocial and developmental needs of your children. Like, Mm -hmm. we did not, um, you know, get the manual with the baby. So it's like every Mm -hmm. stage has its own challenges and its own blessings. And we don't have to be experts, but just to really understand what's normal for a two-year-old, what's normal for a Mm 10-year-old, and so on.
0: I think that's so important because Zeba is my mother lobster who, like... Brings me back and says, it's okay. You can chill out and don't freak the, out. This is what I think is happening. Out. And like, I would say 10 times out of 10, she's right.
1: Uh, let's say nine times out of 10. Because there are some times that I'm like, <laughs> Your track I'm not quite very, sure. Very good. <laughs> I have a very like, good put track Put the record. kid in school, Isma with the kid (laughs) in school I was like she's like no I'm not gonna do that I'm like I'm putting him in a a hospital because that's better I'm like you're (laughs) not doing literally we literally had this conversation like you would rather put him in a hospital than school why let's because that is something like and that's the other thing too right every kid is different you could have the same two parents every kid's path and journey is different and that would be something that I would probably add to that as well Is like you, you you can't Parent each of your kids the same. The same. You it's literally cannot do that. It's not going to work. And if you're um, and you doing it and you're
0: saying it's working. You're not doing, you know, Kristen's cardinal rule. is tell the truth even when it's not what you want to hear.
1: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But, you know, Kristen, I know you are, you listen to the podcast and we have all these pearls of wisdom to share with other people. And now we get to ask you some like fun questions. We're going to do our rapid fire segment. Wisdom is going to put 90 seconds on the clock. And then I am just going to throw things at you. You're going to activate my
2: performance anxiety. (laughs)
1: Oh, I'm sorry.
2: I'm so, so sorry. You will do fabulous because you did so far. Let me channel your zen.
1: Channel your zen. Take a deep breath. This is what I tell people. Take a deep breath. Just first thought off the top of your head. And, and, you know, we have so many book book ideas we get from this first question. What is one of your favorite, either a book you're reading right now or one of your favorite books that you think our audience should read?
2: Well, I roll. I pulled this out again, the Everyday Blessings, the Inner Work of Mindful Parenting by uh, Myla and John Kabat-Zinn. Love it. So many gems. And it's not just about parenting young children. It's really about the spiritual aspect, the whole, the whole thing. Yeah.
1: I love that. And um, that's going to be added to my, my library. If you could change your name, what would your name be and why?
2: Well, I kind of did that. I changed it on Facebook. Oh, that's true. You did change it on Facebook. I love that. I included the rose part because my maiden name is Rosenberger and I love roses. And then Rahma because I want to embody Rahma. And that is a reminder. I love that. And Rahma's mercy for
0: our non-Muslim audience who who may not know.
1: I love that. Um, If you can spend a day in somebody else's shoes,
2: who would that be? Probably my cat. <laughs> oh, I yeah. I want to come back as either my cat or my kids, girl, because they are living the best is really life. Hampered. The cat, the cats are masters at self care. They lounge in the sun. They, really they play. Are. They eat. They just.
1: Yeah. They wake you That's up at four o'clock in the morning and then sleep all day. And you're like, really? So when you were a child, right? What was one of the careers that you dreamed about having as a kid? Um,
2: I had a dream in high school that I was going to be a professional buyer for Nordstrom's and travel the world and speak all the languages and buy all the clothes.
0: I love that. That is such a Jennifer Aniston friend's dream. I love it.
1: Yes, we are the right generation for that one. (laughs) Oh my god, I love it. So, um, Ozma do we have time for one more question? Because Uh, we don't, but we'll go. I mean, we have. I'm just gonna have one more. I have. We are masters of our own time. Yes, we are. Okay. So, and and I love asking this too, because I've been asking this a lot lately. Like, what does success actually mean to you?
2: Um, I think it's doing your work with deep gladness Mm -hmm. and finding a way to serve in the world. So it's the combination of whatever brings you gladness and serving the world, doing that thing. I love it.
1: I feel Gosh. like we do that here every day. I would day. not be able to come up with them. such
0: deep answers on a rapid fire.
1: <laughs> well, you know, you and I'd I be should like, do cheese. rapid fire. My answer is That cheese. would be so fun. <laughs> I would love that.
0: That's awesome. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for this information, because honestly, the inspiration for this entire series was a mom saying, well, my kids are home, like in COVID now, and they're grownups, and they're doing all these things. And I have house rules, how do people manage this? How do they manage finances? How do they manage the spiritual aspect? How do they manage the relationship now that it's so drastically different, you know? Yeah. And I think it comes from probably a place that we were all raised, that there's some kind of a hierarchy here. And then to come to terms of, it's really not. You know, we're all just trying on the same level at Allah uh, that Allah placed us at, but some of us are maybe placed as those guiding posts. And now hopefully those guiding posts are down and we're all being guided together in that larger corral of humanity trying to get where we need to go in the end. So I really appreciate that education that you gave us and the thoughtfulness and the book recommendations. Like I will never have time to read anything that I choose just leisurely at the library because I'm going to be learning so much from you guys. Thank you for that.
2: Yeah. I love um, the analogy of being on a team and I know, like Zaba's family is really into um, sports. So sports. this idea that we're all on the same team. So even no. in moments of conflict, conflict, reminding ourselves, yes, we are on the same team. Yeah, mm-hmm. we literally we're going say to that. have care confrontations, care confrontations, and, and, and anger. Anger just points you yes. to what you value. And so, exactly. I mean, we could do a whole nother episode on rage, mommy rage. Mm. Oh my I'm god, i gonna we have should. to
0: call you and get coached on that one. <laughs> my panic but uh, yeah. needs to be put away permanently <laughs>
1: you, we you need to do be doing more meditation as that is what's um, going to help you so or that jokes. when you're in Tell the jokes. moment or jokes, or jokes. yeah, are telling lap yeah. you know like i watch i watch cat videos on tiktok mm-hmm. that kind of like zens me out like it doesn't have to be meditate oh i literally sit in a room i need to calm down let me watch my cat videos and i start oh, laughing okay. as my cat just walked in because it is time to feed them but yeah. i love everything about this um and inshallah, a lot of our audience gets a, a lot from here, and send us some feedback. We we love to hear it. This Thank came you. from Thank audience so feedback, right? It like did, you we know? want we want this, so we love the feedback.
2: And happy Friday!
0: Happy Friday, Yay! jamama Barak, everybody. Jamama Barak. Have a great weekend, Kristen. Thanks so much for joining us. Salam you. Michael. You're
1: welcome, welcome, so everybody. Thanks again for joining Zeban Uzman Momming While Muslim today. Please email us your thoughts or questions and follow us on Facebook and Instagram because this podcast was designed to cater your needs. Make sure you check out the show notes to
0: find the links and resources for this episode. And remember to help a mama out and leave a review of the show, as well as to like it on your podcast app of choice because that helps us grow. Tune in next week for another episode of
1: Momming While Muslim. Aslam alaykum, everyone.